Hey, King. Here. Hello. Salutations. Greetings. <laughs> uh, we're back. It's been a while. Uh, there's it's been, been a while. Hey. Since I could leave my house. It's been a while since I saw the people live. It's been a while since I could hug my best friend like I always should. It's been a while <laughs> since I wasn't afraid to die of a virus. So uh, we've been out for a little bit. Uh, there has been a whole lot of wrestling going on, except for the big stuff. So we uh, we've opted to take a little little respite, a little summer vacay. Would you say that that's by design, or would you say it's by necessity, or would you say that's by the ever-changing circumstances of not just the world we live in, but also of the wrestling world, unfortunately, being exposed as being full of some ne'er-do-wells? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I pick D, all of the above. All of the above. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot. Doctor Death, Doctor Death is pleased with your answer. <laughs> Excellent. Teddy Yossi, uh, not so much. Well, you know, can't win them all. He's uh, he's he's one of the not near do wells, so I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a rough patch. You know, I think that it's it's hit home uh, for us in in some cases uh, harder than others. Um, and, in, and in some ways, you know, the Minnesota wrestling scene has, you know, held up the same people that it always has. And, and uh, I, I don't know. Was, same as it ever was, same as it ever was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been tough. You know, I, I don't think that there's been a whole lot of motivation to talk about wrestling um, even the, even the cool things that are happening, you know, Slammiversary happened. There were some signings, some cool people showing up, some, you know, really quality matches, uh, over at impact. Um, excited to see some people get shots there that, that didn't really, I think, get a fair shake or a, a shake at all. Um, in, uh, in WWE and he's got kids. Yeah. He needs this. Also, the uh, picture with them all flicking off Vince McMahon was pretty, uh, pretty choice. Um, but yeah. I like I like Brian Myers' shirt that says "I was fired." Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You know, last couple times we talked, we talked about things that inspired us. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that tonight. Probably chop up some of the way that we're feeling about things in general, and kind of where wrestling is, and you know, where where we anticipate it going you know there are there are wrestling wrestling shows being run um i think some of them more safely than others uh but i think that right now for us wrestling is not you know, something that we've prioritized which is which is weird uh but it it takes a backseat i think to to people's health and and just anticipating a future where you know we'll be going to shows again and we'll Maybe. we'll be together and you know there'll be some sort of new normal and um i think figuring out what that is and figuring out how to do that safely is a priority so yeah i don't know uh you you uh, have done a couple we watched it's on 
the Facebook Live that had been uh, very well received, and uh, we got we got no one new... ever no one ever comments on them, but it seems like there's a lot of people that actually want at least check it out. So yeah, it's a um, it's a weird like self-flagellation. Um, I'm gonna watch this Japanese stuff because I love it, and it actually is something that makes me happy. So in a time of not being happy. Yeah, it's, um, therapeutic. Yeah, I know. Um, but I, I mean, I also think that we have our own brands of things that uh, you know are are a little niche sometimes. So I think that it's fun to be able to dig into those things that we love, and um, you know, hopefully, people get a chance to see some of those matches. Uh, I think that they're all fantastic. We also got a new Walking the King's Road. Um, series chapter 10 i believe super good oh man um well we'll talk about it here momentarily do we want to stop this long intro and jump into the episode yeah this me this meandering look down piss bucket lane right now sure i had somebody say piss bucket today in a meeting and i had to shut my i had to mute my phone because i was giggling so hard because I was like, I've never heard that before. It's been so long since we've done this, honestly, that uh, thinking about the transition in just uh, just didn't even didn't well, even face me. Well, I look at it as this: we're living in a not brave new world, so this will be the brave new transition. So, from Piss Bucket Lane to all of you out in listener land, this is Heel Turn Radio, and the episode's gonna come right after this drop. back that might be the longest intro ever aside from the episodes that just 
start and never have a break. Or the ones where we have to restart like 10 times because someone is cursing or out of control at the beginning. Dude, I'm right here. Perfect you can bad. just say when you I'm, are. It says I'm, I'm raising my hand because it's usually me. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Um, we talked about a lot of things that we we wanted to, to catch up about. I mean, do we want to talk about the positive first? Do we want to talk about the negative first? I'm good either way. We can intermix them as far as I'm concerned. Um, everybody good, bad, and in between getting getting uh, called out, rightfully so. Um, it leaves some pretty big gaps in, in the wrestling that I, I watch and um, some of the personalities that, that I enjoy. A um, couple regulars that, uh, that came into Minnesota. Um, obviously, Chikara shutting down one of our kind of mainstays. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult... Um, Difficult thing to, to wrap wrap one's head around, especially not having for some of the people that have kind of obfuscated what has happened or just disappeared into the night. Um, never to be seen again. Hopefully, possibly. It's... Uh, or yeah. those who have apologized? Sort yeah. of. Almost like the Republican senator who gave his apology on the floor today which was like yeah not an apology I not apologize for my passion for, for loving god no one asked you to apologize for that we about uh you know you were asked to apologize for calling somebody a fucking bitch because you're a piece of human shit so i will say this if your apology is basically a shitty wrestling promo you're not apologizing if your apology consists of let me tell you about my version of consent. You're not apologizing. I was, I was already disgusted by the way that victims had to come out this way because I don't think if they came out in mass, they would get believed, which is disgusting. The way people handled themselves during this, by and large, it makes watching wrestling taste bad and like this is one of the first times i have felt ashamed to watch wrestling um when i was a kid and i watched wrestling i had to watch 605 daddy but i had to watch it with the sound down on my tv that i purchased in my room because my parents didn't like it and you know it was one of those things where my friends didn't watch it i had friends that Played who closetedly played D and D, who closetedly collected comic books, didn't want girls to know about it, and you know I'm dragging like the Killing Joke to school and things like that, Watchmen, and um, because to me it was like I don't fucking care. But wrestling was a thing I didn't talk about because I was like I'm gonna get made fun of for this shit, and I already get made fun of enough. Um, I already catch enough shit for being a giant ginger, so I really in college like my freshman year i didn't watch it um my sophomore year i watched it a little bit but again by myself it wasn't until the year after that and the year after that that i started watching it with people i knew at college and it wasn't until i moved up north that it was like it was 
not just okay to watch it. It was cool to watch it. Um, and, you know, it was something where I wasn't any longer like, you know, hide, and I guess not even hiding it, but just not talking about it. Um, right now it's like, I, I don't even know if I want to talk about it with other people that I know, because people who don't know about wrestling know about this and they paint all of wrestling now with this wide paintbrush that this is what people are. And don't get me wrong. I am aware of enough people, even in our local scene, who I wouldn't piss on if they were on fire in the desert. But there are so many actual good people, so many people that I'm very, um, I'm very touched to even know. And I'm very strangely prideful of the fact that they have given us permission to, you know, speak with them, to talk with them, but, you know, to call their matches, you know, people who run certain organizations, you know, entrusting us with that, you know, that's a, to me, that's a responsibility um, to make sure that it's about those performers in, the, in that company and that it's um, seen that way. But this just, it leaves such a stain on it. And it um, I don't know. It really, a, a lot of it bothers me and upsets me. And I want every single victim to get justice. And if not justice, at least get peace of mind by being able to come out and tell their story and hopefully ensure it doesn't happen to somebody else. Um, and I think every story has merit value should be heard and listened to because it's not on a victim to prove something. It's on someone who is alleged doing this to prove they did it. Um, but the Chikara thing, I mean, it just, it fucking broke my heart. You know, Chikara got me back into wrestling you know there was some time where i didn't watch it and the storytelling and the athletes and everything they were doing it really meant a lot to me and to know that there was a underbelly of it that was gross i mean it was gross misconduct it was run in a fashion that wouldn't fly in any other part of society um, by people that we've talked to, people that we've met, people that have been good to, to us, but apparently were horrible to other people. It makes me feel like I am a terrible judge of character. Um, that these, you know, maybe it's because it's the illusion of wrestling. Maybe it's just being a huge fucking mark for certain people and being unable to see through the facade that they put out publicly. But either way, it sucks. It's, it's truly heartbreaking. I, my heart is not just broken for the victims, which everyone should be, because people suffered under this. People are still suffering under this. And some scars never heal. That's just the reality of it. It's a disgusting reality of it. I'm upset for the people who maybe didn't suffer from abuse, but they saw their opportunity disintegrate because the place they called home 
is gone. And now they've got to go out into the greater world and try to figure out what's next. And what do you tell all those younger people, those kids that showed up yet? How do you tell them that this is like over because people were bad? Uh, and maybe that's naive of me, but it's how I feel about it. And it really bothers me. Yeah. I mean, and I think that especially with Chikara where it's not like some other wrestling schools where you kind of go and you're done and you go out into the world when it's so tied into your identity. I, that's, that's where it really kills me. Um, but you see, you know, you've seen a lot of them rebrand and kind of split from, from their Chikara personas or um, some of them shed the, uh, you know, the, the kind of um, gimmick, uh, as it were, that, uh, that was foisted upon them through, you know, uh, hook or crook. Um, one of those we'll be having on the podcast, the former Frantic who's been on before. Um, but, uh, you know, you see Neo Wing now. Uh, you see, you know, uh, folks that, that have broken out kind of prior to that with, uh, with everything that, um, you know, Joshua Wells has done. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's good to see. It's tough to see. You know, we want to let all of, all of those wrestlers know, you know, just like all the other wrestlers that, uh, you know, if, if you want to come on and, and talk or, you know, you need to get um, kind of new, new things out into the world, you know, uh, we want to be able to, to support you and support wrestlers as, as we've tried to do. Um, but I, I wanted to return to, to one thing that you said about kind of the, the kind of, judgment of character because i think that that's i think that that's part of it right you know so much of of what you said about you know apologies being promos some people can't shake that right you know that the, they the existence is the promo or or the kind of person is the the character and i think that for any role you play you know whether that's a professional role and you kind of slowly adopt some of the idiosyncrasies that you need to have within your other life and some of those things result in the way that you live your private life changing um you know to to things where you're taking on a role and and you just kind of slowly you know shift or lose some of those aspects of who who you might have been at a certain point you know uh, i mean some of these people we've met at different points in their careers or you know people within the industry have known them sparingly, but really kind of got to know them before they, you know, gained the accolades or the, the kind of power that allowed them to, you know, be abusive within um, relationships and, you know, uh, and other um, situations. And I, I think that it's, it's really difficult when you're a fan of anything uh, to not give, the benefit of the tout, doubt to people that you, you know, respect uh, for their prowess, you know, within that field. And, and so I think that it, it goes back to, I would say more of the fact that we as a society allow, you know, celebrity to be um, kind of substituted for, for 
you know, kind of a, a, a character judgment. And I think that it's, it's a hard thing to wrestle with when that kind of comes to bear in a negative way, um, because we see kind of how much we allow kind of our own perceptions to be influenced by those very minute, you know, interactions, you know, if you were going to date someone, or if you're going to, you know, um, be business partners with someone, you know, uh, those few interactions, you know, if they're negative, there's no way you would do that. Um, and if they're positive, you'd still want to know more um, before making a, a big commitment. But I think that sometimes it's easy to make a, a commitment to, to a brand or a, an individual um, because we, you know, have so many different interactions. Yeah, I kind of like experienced that dating online, like you talk so much before you actually meet someone in person that you have this very skewed sense of the chemistry and, and the, the kind of um, reaction that you would have to things in, in real time, you know, in, in speaking with one another. Uh, I've often said a lot of times when you meet people, whether it's in an HR capacity at work, whether it's dating, whether it's now I look at it from the perspective of doing wrestling stuff. You don't meet them. You meet their best representation of who they think they are. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. no, it's hard to meet the real person right off the bat because real people have real flaws. Um, real people can be very unlikable. Real people can um, have problems that they don't want everybody to know about. Um, I mean, that's why I tell I people right off the bat that I know you hate X Factor, but you ain't got to look at me like that, you know? It's true. It's true. You do say that a lot. And if they don't, if they don't, then don't, you know, just don't look at me like that yet. I think what, what a lot of this boils down to, though, that's so hard is people will blame it on everything and anything. And the reality is it's just an abuse of power. You don't see any circumstances where someone not in a position of power was abusive. It's people in a position of, of supposed or enforced authority you know, taking advantage of of others, especially people below them, people who they don't feel can fight back, who don't feel like can say anything, um, won't be believed, whatever it may be. And I just find that to be a real sad reflection of everyday life right now, um, because it's not isolated. It's in every industry. Um, I am just, I just applaud victims in this circumstances who banded, banded together and made sure they were heard, made sure that everyone knew, made sure that they backed up one another, that, that they spread that their personal stories out there and they didn't back down. Um, and I'm sure it's absolutely gut-wrenching to do. You're pouring your personal life out there for everyone to see and make judgment of, you know, which is hard because there's a lot of people who will support misogyny and things like that, regardless of the circumstances, because they have no moral compass. 
and or in the case of some people they'll glom onto that and try to use it for their own personal gain and that in itself is disturbing and sad and disgusting um and i, I just like i said i think it paints wrestling with a really poor brush and it makes enjoying wrestling extremely difficult and that sucks because as i stated before we i, I wouldn't even say we know people anymore because i don't i don't know any, any of those people um really i think that there's people we are a little better than acquainted with but do you know those people because I don't. And now it makes me question everything. Um, and it makes me really sad. It just really sucks. And I, I mean, we've had a couple people tell us in a couple different circumstances, you know, be very aware of these people because they're not good people. And in some cases we heeded that, in other cases we didn't. Um, and we've had you know we luckily we've had some people have been brutally honest with us about certain people and certain groups of people and avoided some pitfalls but now i just feel like everything everyone is a potential pitfall i mean and it's the same thing with just the world today all together how many times have you seen somebody online say something about wearing a mask or about you know um about the move towards real social justice and change and you're like I, what the fuck are you talking about like i've known you like most of my life and had no idea you were a closet racist congratulations on the block dick you know it just there's so much of that that just boils to the surface and it makes you just realize that you don't know anyone you don't, until the rubber hits the road, you don't really know anyone. Um, and that's, that again is that kind of part of questioning your own ability to read people and to get a feel for, you know, people who are genuine because I, I know, and not the singer, not Ride That Pony singer guy. But I know, it hurts you. Give me something, dude. No. <laughs> I, I knew that was where it was going, so I thought I'd cut it off at the pass. You know that's what I'm using for the drop. I think it's a real bad choice for what we're talking about. Um, but probably, I think it's throughout all these last four months, from just a personal standpoint, it's literally watching the world burn. From the standpoint of can't can't really go out because if I get sick, I probably won't make it. I mean, that's not hyperbole. That's just the reality of health. Seeing people strive for something better and a cause that's better, and to not just better better their situation, but to better the the social awareness of mankind for basic human and civil rights and to see people react so vehemently against what is basically should be it shouldn't be a conversation 
it should be understood you treat every human being like a human being you know we're equal and to see that and to see people's reaction to that it's just nonsensical and then you see things like this and it's just it's like you can't even hide in imaginary worlds anymore you know it's warren ellis for comic books no different hey thanks warren for ruining everything you ever wrote because it turns out you're fucking gross you know you can't separate the artist from the art when the artist is despicable and it just it taints the art they produce it taints the entirety of the art they produce and it's just it's hard to find things to actually enjoy and wrestling has always been like a hideaway it's always been like staying up later than you were supposed to because of your curfew with a with a, something you enjoy and a flashlight even though you know if mom or dad walk into that bedroom you're in deep shit it's always been that and you know hideaway that place where you know your imagination can run wild and you're seeing you know amazing stories being told by amazing people and then you kind of find out they're not i mean we made this we made this the first year we did this you know there was kind of this feeling of meet your heroes because it was something you know i'm not good at uh, i don't enjoy that part of interaction and you know i was just like this this is working this is something that's really cool and now i look back at it and i'm like how many of those people were fucking awful and how many of those people just were like i'm going to tell you what you want to hear because it'll make sure that there's more you know listens um and this is my public persona and it just Every time I look back at things that we supported that turned out to be done by, by people that did awful things, I somehow, and I shouldn't, I somehow feel some responsibility. And that, that's not okay with me. It's, it's not good. And it makes me not want to do this. It makes me not want to do commentary. It makes me not want to watch wrestling. It just makes me want to not take phone calls. It makes me not want to do anything. Um, it makes me want to just go into lockdown mode inside my house. Um, so it's, it, it's just hard to, exp to express what, my level of disappointment and frustration is with all of this. I just anticipate people will be better and they're not. Um, people never fail to fail. And it, on a fundamental level, it makes me truly have a furious disdain for people. And no one wants to feel that way. And it, it just bothers me in a way I can't really express. Yeah, I would, you know, I wrestled with that a lot. I mean, obviously we did a lot of 
did have a lot of work to support some people that that turned out to you know be people not worth supporting and uh and i i think that that's a a difficult thing in general to to kind of wrestle with um no pun intended um but i think that i think that it's important to reconsider more kind of how we choose our heroes not whether we meet them because i feel like if you don't meet the people that you admire then when it's time to hold someone accountable if they do you know end up failing i feel like there are certain people that i didn't engage with that i you know felt like i should engage with that have ended up being you know the people that are standing up for victims or the people that you know were victims themselves and i think that i think that if we disengage, um, you know, as hard as it is, I think that that we lose our voice in, in all of that. And and I go back to, you know, people saying that, that we should consider being critical and that our critical voice is something that is desirable, if not needed. And, you know, I, I recently called out some, some of the people that were working a show because I felt like the promoter who we all know and we all don't feel, you know, looks out for the best, uh, the best interests of his, his workers is running this show and, you know, skipping over the border in Wisconsin to doing it. Uh, and I had a couple people reach out to me and I had a really good conversation about, you know, why they chose to be on the show. And I think we're going to have a conversation, you know, in a couple weeks about that, but I still feel like, it should be our place if we are engaged to say this isn't in the best interest of people. Um, because sometimes when you're in that situation, um, it's very difficult to say no. You know, I think that with all of us being cooped up, it's hard to, it's hard to say no, or, you know, for any other reasons that this pandemic has exacerbated, whether that's employment or, um, you know, access to, uh, healthcare or, um, you know, the ability to stay in shape or, you know, any other numbers of things. But I feel like, I feel like if we hadn't engaged with some of these people that have gravely disappointed us and, and committed, you know, abuses of power, I, I, I don't feel like my voice is as strong in, in condemning it. Um, so I think that that's, we're not going to be able to know or anticipate who's going to be those people. And, and I think that that's a really difficult thing when we're trying to use this podcast to, um, to help promote people, you know, that, that want to try to get their name out there. Um, and we're going to make mistakes. I mean, I think that that's just the, the beginning and end of it. I think that if, if we can't, learn from those mistakes, then I think that we fall into the same trap um, uh, and, and commit the same, the same, you know, shitty abuses that, uh, that, you know, some of these people did. So, um, you know, the, if you look back at our old episodes, there's going to be people on there that, that we don't, that hurt to, you know, think about, those conversations or, you know, kind of being unaware, but I don't think that we are 
bad judges of character. I think that we need to, you know, continue to be diligent. And I think that there's some people we haven't had on the podcast for exactly those reasons, you know, um, or people that we haven't had back on the podcast for exactly those reasons. And I'm, I'm happy about some of those decisions um, as much as I'm pained by the, the, the other decisions or embarrassed by the other decisions, frankly. But, um, but, you know, I, I think that we need to kind of grow from that and, and hopefully we, we all, you know, um, we get another chance to, to do that and to help people's voices be amplified um, in all of this. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So one thing, you know, seeing your post on Twitter, um, you know, it really made me think about um, and reading some of the responses we got from people mostly via DM. There's a part of me that understands. I don't like it. And I understand it less now. But if I was their age, I understand. I kept thinking like, how many really, not even prideful, just decisions I made in athletics at a collegiate level where if somebody would have said that's a bad idea like it's just there was a surgery three days ago you shouldn't play um but at the time you don't think that way yeah i mean i think even more so in wrestling there's such a urgency of i need a i need this break there's money involved and there's this fear of missing your opportunity. And I was never um, foolhardy enough to think like, you know, Oh, there's a, you know, a scout here from the Canadian football league. So I should really do this and really do that. Um, because I was like, I don't care that much. What I care about is like right now, and being able to walk away on my terms. Um, and you do dumb things when you do that. I mean, you make mistakes that will cost you later on in life. But I understand the desire to do that. You know, it's that idea of you know, your punch, your bump card has only got so many punches on it. And I understand like wanting to make a statement and wanting to be at your best, wanting to a lot of people on that particular event, they're showmen. They're people who, they love to be out there. I mean, they really do. It's a passion um, to be great and to be great with your friends because a lot of those people, they're close. It's a community for them. And there's people in that community who look out for one another. And I have the greatest respect for that. Um, I think running a wrestling show right now, if you're a promoter, is it's really irresponsible um, because you're putting everybody at risk. Yourself, you're putting everybody in that crowd at risk. You're putting everybody who puts up the ring and takes the ring down. You're putting your wrestlers at risk. And a lot of those people, men and women who will be in that ring, 
by and large, they're in great shape. If they get COVID, you know, the chances of them actually being significantly ill, they're not overly high. Yeah, but, but it, I mean, when they but I want to stop you there because I also think that that's a fallacy. That like the perfectly, you know, fit, you know, people are going to make it out, you no, know, because it's. I, I don't disagree with that, but I think the percentages is probably low. But what I'm getting at is it's not them. It's when they go see their mom or their grandma or their aunt or their friends who don't spend hours in the gym, don't have amazing, amazing cardiovascular, watch what they eat. Um, those exponentially increase and i for one look at that and go what if you kill somebody by giving them that how do you live that down because all you had to do was say no it's the same thing when people don't wear masks i'm like all you have to do is put this silly thing on your face for 30 minutes you're not a nurse in an emergency room whose skin their derma is literally breaking down because they can't take it off you know, who are now being asked to wear goggles and face shields because the, the risk is so high. So like I said, from a fundamental, like more primal thought of it, I get it. I really do. But as an adult, I look at it and say, you're really mortgaging tomorrow, not even for yourself, but for everybody you come into contact with if you put yourself in that position and that's that in itself again makes wrestling really hard for me to feel it's a palatable thing yeah i mean i think it's important to understand no i see those lips of- moving those beautiful lips are moving but i don't hear nothing Oh, I don't know what's going on with you, though, because I'm talking. So I can hear you now. Just for a second, it was like I saw you talking, and I was like, is he messing with me right now? <laughs> no, I, I, I just want to underscore, because I do think sometimes the age issue comes up, and we call these young adults, you know, we refer to ourselves as adults. And I think that there's a kind of paternalism, you know, that, that I've admitted to, in all of this, you know, and sometimes that's, you know, that's a helpful thing, right? You know, it's uh, a gentrification, right? Gentrification literally means to like bring like power to the gentry, like to invest where, you know, communities have not been invested in, you know, but more oftentimes not, it involves displacement. And I think that oftentimes, more oftentimes than not, you know, kind of some of this can come as, as, you know, kind of being haughty, but I think that it's, it's more a matter of kind of additional perspective and age and just saying that you know there's some there's some experience that um that you know that has occurred that uh, that leads us to understand some of these things with a different perspective um and, and i think that that's the other thing you know i one of the other things that was brought up and i think we'll talk about it more when we talk about the round table was the fact that you know um Nick and I got together and talked, you know, uh, kind of amongst us about supporting the Black Wrestlers Matter show, you know, um, and, and uh, you know, that was something that I saw, um, you know, following Chris Manning, because he's come up and, you know, we've, we've talked a bunch 
um, following kind of first shows and, and kind of interacted online a lot. Um, you know, and I had a talk with, with him and, and, you know, the, the person that's promoting it, um, John and, and, uh, you know, talked about what they were doing and, and really it wasn't necessarily about the fact that I think it's a good idea to be running a wrestling show. I think that you and I are both in agreement that, that wrestling right now is not necessary. Um, for, you know, especially this is, you know, none of these promotions are, are businesses, but I think that in, in the statement of black wrestlers matter, um, we wanted to let our, you know, kind of, um, black wrestling community know that we don't just talk about this. This isn't just lip service. Like we wanted to put money into the, um, the nonprofit endeavor that, that's being supported by it. And, you know, specifically in kind of talking to them about what can we support? We said we wanted to support um, the the matches that the, our, our Minnesota wrestlers were in, um, and and it's I you know I said I don't I don't really care that our logos are on there. I you know that's not what we were interested in. We were interested in you know supporting um, an event that that would be bringing attention to all of this. You know, um, and so. Um, do I think that they're doing, you know, kind of everything in their power? Do I, do I trust them more than I trust the promoter that I, you know, the promoters that I, um, you know, took umbrage with and, you know, like I, that, those were my tweets, you know, we, we both tweet, but, you know, predominantly I'm, I'm tweeting. Um, 99% of the time. That's you. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that, uh, you know, like I wanted people to know that. And, and I want people to know that, that, that this is not about lip service. You know, I, I don't, I don't want us to just say we do things and not actually do things. You know, we, we try our best to put, you know, to put our um, listenership on to, to people that, that we believe in and we've made mistakes with that. Um, but we also, you know, want to raise funds and support wrestlers in other ways to help them grow to be better wrestlers and, and just to know that they're supported and that they're um, really loved and, and held up on a, you know, a pedestal. You know, there are a lot of wrestlers that are on that card that I disagree with and that are on the card, you know, uh, for the black wrestlers matter that, that could very well, you know, get a break. Uh, I think that there's so much talent. Um, but we really wanted to, to do that. And, and, you know, we, I also said like, you know, when, when Nick and I were talking about it, uh, when we first, um, kind of started chatting that, that even if the show didn't happen, the money is still going to the, the nonprofit, you know, that that's not, it's not like this is some clout chasing bullshit. I just, um, so I, you know, I felt fine with that. Whereas like, I would not feel fine plunking down my, you know, ten dollars to go hang out at a bar you know uh, i just uh it's just you know and that and that's me but i also you know you're immunocompromised and my mom you know has an immunocompromised you know I, I i can't risk those types of things you know i will support it also by streaming it but i'm not going to attend um i think for i me, knew I, I wouldn't attend when i i knew i wouldn't attend when i when I put the sponsorship together, because I knew that I, I couldn't risk it, no matter how good the, you know, the, the kind of preparations are. Um, and and there, I think 
there are people that we know in our local wrestling scene and, and they're young and that's not a knock on them at all. Some of them are brilliant. They're very smart. They're very driven. They're far more organized than I will ever be. Um, so it's never a, a, a like, <laughs> sit at my knee and let me tell you how the world works. But I do have some perspectives and I do worry. I worry. I worry when I see what people we know like get body slammed on a board full of knives or jump out of the balcony because I'm concerned that they're going to get hurt. Yeah. Because getting really hurt not just takes wrestling away from you. Yeah. But we're not worried about the 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 wrestling. I mean, I'm not frankly, I'm worried about the person. I I know what it's like to get up and hurt all over like every day. I know what it's like to go through life-threatening surgery twice. Um, I just know how much it sucks and how much quality of life changes. And sometimes it's really funny. We'll talk about it. Like when I'm talking to someone, you'll be like, oh yeah, by the way, you're like 20 years older than that person. I don't act like it because I act like a kid. You know, my maturity level's lower than a lot of the people... Yeah, you know, than a lot of people we're talking about who are like 20 years younger. I just worry about them getting hurt. And I worry about them getting sick. And I worry about that it could take away their dreams or it, it, could, it could hurt their family or it could hurt anybody involved with them because things like this virus, they don't care your political affiliation. They don't care about your religion. They don't care about... Um, your ethnic background. They don't care about your socioeconomic status. Viruses don't care about that. And they don't recognize any of it. If you get infected, you're infected. And then all of a sudden you have the potential to infect other people. That scares me for them. It scares me for their friends. It scares me for their family. It scares me for everyone they come in contact and everyone that comes in contact with them. So I work. I want, this is the thing that's so hard is a lot of those people you root so hard for. And that's why a lot of this other stuff we talked about earlier hurts so much because you invest so much in those people and you think how great they are and how you really want the best for them. And then they turn out to be people that aren't worthy of that. We know a lot of people locally, or I shouldn't say no, we are strong acquaintances, a lot of people locally, who they're really great people. I mean, they're just, and I don't know how they are behind closed doors. So just from my experience with them, and I would say your experience with them, they're really fantastic folks. And I just want them to be successful and be safe and be happy I'd be proud of what they're doing. And I, I just worry, that's all. And it sounds stupid, I'm sure. And it sounds like very paternalistic or whatever, but I really do worry. And maybe it's because of the potential effects to people I work with or myself or whatever that, or just watching the news and seeing like a thousand people, you know, dying. and but watching that number rise every day and knowing that we have we don't know if it'll ever get better 
Um, that's, that's just terrifying. That's terrifying. Yeah. Right now, the world is an absolute dystopian nightmare. And I don't want to see... This sounds so selfish. It's one thing to watch it on TV. It's one thing to read about it. But when it hits you at home, when it's somebody you know, or it's somebody you're an acquaintance with, when those things hit you where you live, it's, it's devastating, you know? And it's, it's even more so devastating for the people that really know them their family, their close friends. It's, you know, and again, I'm a warrior. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I say I'm a realist. You know, people tell me I'm a pessimist. You're an optimist. A warrior or warrior? Both. I always get confused when you say it. Yeah. You're, that, that's you're, like one of your few like Kansas remnants. <laughs> warrior. Yeah. You, you are an optimist and you are able to see things that I just mentally can't see. So when we talk about things like this, I do, I mean, again, I try to say I'm a realist, but I, maybe I'm just overly pessimistic and definitely anxiety ridden for them. Um, I just, again, I, I want those folks to be safe and I want them to be able to get out of their lives what they're putting into it and be successful um so when there's things like a show in wisconsin i just kind of feel like i get it but i don't get it and it it's hard for me to wrap my head around it's hard for me to be supportive but it's also hard for me to not be supportive yeah because again i just harken back to like you can you can play or you can sit you know, are you hurt or are you injured? I'm just saying, well, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this. And yeah. not having the foresight to see what it's, the, what the cost is going to be because there's always a cost. Um, so that worries me, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we are beyond, oh, we are beyond it's it's empty. It's all the way empty. Well, I, I I'm like beyond king right now. So why don't we take a little? Oh, there we go. Why don't we take a little break? Uh, fill the glass back up in the second half a little bit, a little bit ski. Okay. We'll do what we do what we can. Um, to all the wrestlers and people involved in wrestling that listen to this, that have been on the podcast, that we care about, um, you know. We, yeah, that's the overlords getting on us for being so negative. Uh, that's the, that's the editor. I thought it was a wrestler contacting you and being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, the steam dream line here with, uh, see more butts. Uh, so we'll be back after this heel turn radio. Uh, we love y'all be well. And, uh, we'll come back after this with some, some hopefully uplifting. Okay. Cut to genuine.
All right. How about some happy stuff? We got uh, glasses mostly full now. King, let's fill them up, baby. Let's 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 fill me up, Buttercup. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do let's do a th little three again. Little three things that bring us joy. Russell Joy or otherwise. Otherwise, five is too much. Better make it three, man. Yeah, five, five is too much joy. Well, let's be realistic here. <laughs> hey, -o. sorry, Biggie. Uh, oh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? But I'll I'll go first with a non wrestling one, but I'll still do three wrestling ones. How's that? Sure. All right. Uh, it's a local thing. We love local things. Uh, um. Modern Radio Records, it's based here in Minneapolis, been around for a while. Uh, there's a band that I loved uh, when I was growing up um, in high school and college called Plastic Constellations. They broke up um, maybe 2008, did a reunion show in 2010. I wasn't here for, but uh, you probably know if you listen to um, local uh, Minneapolis hip hop, which has also gone through kind of uh, a large uh, kind of revolution in terms of calling um you know bad actors out um laserbeak uh was one of the the people who was in that band and he and one of the former band members a couple other people got together and started a new band called dope walker i pre-ordered the record like a record record uh record record uh and uh a t-shirt and uh the box came and it was it was thick but I was like, oh, well, you know, there's a t-shirt in there. So it's probably- Was it thick or was it T-H-I-C-C -C thick? Like four, four C's, like shablow. Um, and so I was like, oh, this is exciting. So I open it up and inside there's like a little note that said thanks from one of the owners, just like thanks, you know, Tom, um, on this little like record shaped uh, um, thing. And, uh, and there was like CDs in there. There was like four CDs from other bands on the label. Super nice. awesome. Um, the, uh, the Dope Walker shirt, the Dope Walker record, and I pick up the Dope Walker record, there's three more records underneath it. Uh, and one of them is, Whoa. which is uh, a favorite of mine. It's one of the four albums that Plastic Constellations came out, didn't have it on vinyl. So for all of the, you know, kind of local or small independent, you know, labels, promotions, everything that go that extra mile, um, man, that honestly, that it, it's been a long, it's been a long, a hard month. Um, there's been a lot of, um, a lot of things that have changed my life because of, of everything that's going on and a lot of opportunities um, that just kind of like disappeared that, that were like, you know, the sure thing. And so um, it was, you know, little things like that, that, that you can do for other people. Um, it meant a lot. I, it's, it's, you know, I'm sure it's overstock and everything, but man, dad just, turn my day around so oh, cool it's it was it was so that's that's why i said you know that i'd like to start with a a non-russell one um it was real it was real real cool so all right um so my first one is kind of it's russell adjacent mm -hmm. um so i picked up the first two waves of masters of the ww universe figures <laughs> Nice. And then went crazy uh, modding a bunch of figures. Um, the third wave is kind of out. 
Um, it's been online and people are finding them in stores, although they're not supposed to be out until August 8th. Um, the third wave consists of Braun Strowman, an amazing undertaker who's got like a, if you know about Master Universe, he's kind of based on Scareglow, which is a incredible character. Um, uh, many faces, but it's the New Day. So every face is a different member of the New Day. And um, The Rock. Um, but, and it's not like New Rock. It's like um, Nation of Domination Rock. So that's awesome. Um, at the same time, they're releasing the first wave of the Motu Origins figures. Um, the thing about all these toys are produced by Mattel is they're completely interchangeable. So you can pull the heads, you can swap heads, you can swap torsos, you can swap arms, you can swap hands, you can swap um, lower body, you can swap boot cut. So you can make mix and match into anything you want. So the Grayskull ring came with Terra Claus, Triple H, and John Cena. Um, I basically got a bunch of Triple H's because they're perfect for modding. Um, they released pictures of the Snake Mountain Ring, and it comes with Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's got snake eyes and snake arms. <laughs> you can take the snake arms off, they're like gloves, but they look pretty cool. And the other character is Hulk Hogan, and he's in some serious He-Man armor, and he looks crazy in the face, which, you know, is par for the course. Today, uh, it was today, they released the line up for wave four and wave four will consist of um the kingslayer seth rollins he's the most it just like so it looks like a straight wrestling figure he's got like the black zodak armor he's got a flaming sword but that's basically it um it has the fiend which looks outrageously cool and he comes with an axe and a mace that you can take his hands off and replace his hands with those weapons. And he's also got a little slots on his jacket where you can put them on there. Um, and he just looks really, really neat. Um, man, all of a sudden, I can't remember who the other two Mr. were. T, maybe. Mr. T. Mr. T looks so oh, cool. Yeah. He's got a golden fisto hand that fits over his arm, and he's got a golden jitsu hand that fits over his other arm. He's got super sweet, like, mix of Jitsu and King Randor battle armor. He looks amazing. Like, that's, like, a character I don't really care about, Mr. T. Yeah. But I was like, oh, that's, that's cracking. That's so good. But the fourth person is who blew my doors off. Do you know who it is? I can't remember. You sent it earlier today. Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, yeah. It looked good. He's got battle armor, he's got a snake, but the coolest thing is you can take his face off and underneath is a Jake Roberts snake face. It's creepy. So yeah, I was very excited about that today. Um, so I remember there being a Masters of the Universe character. Named that, Snake Face. What's that? Named Snake Face. Is that what it was where you could take the green and silver like armor off of both sides oh no that was that was classic king hiss yeah okay like you know what i'm talking about though right where it was like a shell come on, come on man do i know who you're talking about who are you talking to come on t-man stuff of course i do okay old man he-man take it take a deep breath <laughs> but again they're all interchangeable so i mean 
and they're only $14.92. They're only at Walmart. That's real cheap for an action figure. Um, all the stuff they're putting out is interchangeable um, in this these two lines. They come with mini comics. I mean, it's like super throwback. Um, if you've got younger people or you're just like me and it's just like, I've got to have them toys um, and just want to like make custom figures and things like that. I cannot recommend them enough. The Masters of the WWE Universe has been really, really popular, surprisingly enough. Um, I was really worried. I mean, four waves of figures is a lot, two rings. Um, so support it. Um, if you've got kids, man, this is a super cool toy to have because you can take it apart and they can make whatever they want. It lets your imagination kind of run wild. Um, again, it's really cool. I mean, what was, do you remember what wave one was? No. I can never remember, wave one, I can never remember who all was in wave one. Triple H, uh, Skull King, Triple H, um, Sting. And there's two other people. I'm just, it's escaping me right now who they are. But wave two was great because it had Roman Reigns, it had uh, Rey Mysterio, it Macho Man Randy Savage, um, and it had Faker John Cena, which is the Thugano Doctor of Thugonomics, but he's clear plastic because you can't see him. And he's also got little knuckle things that save Thug Life on them, which is pretty great. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend it. It's a really great product. Um, it's super fun. So that was my first one. Nice. Very, very good. So um, very there big. it is. You're back. You know what? The people can hear me, and that's all that matters. Probably. Um, Live for the people. I'll go with I'll you know I'll go with a wrestle thing um, because I think it's important in thinking about COVID and everything else. The fact that New Japan is running again, you know. I, that's exciting to me. I, uh, I, you know, when everything is terrible, uh, at least everything is e oh. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Also, spoilers, uh, dot, 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 give you a couple seconds just in case. Evil Jordan Bullet Club, what? Come on, Evil, son. Mr. Evil Three Belts? Evil is everything. I do. I'm super pumped about it. Uh, I love New Japan. I make no mistake about it that if I could only watch one wrestling organizations, it, it would still be New Japan. Um, uh, it's it's been super interesting. You know, I, I think that uh, anytime you make a move that large, uh, it makes waves. And I, you know, none of the other companies. Um, with the exception of impact with, with actually kind of stepping up and getting rid of um, some of the, the people that were called out, um, you know, they're not kind of making crazy storyline moves. You know, the, it seems very natural progression. Not, nothing's really, you know, despite the efforts with the insanely grotesque and, you know, eye for an eye, hooey, uh, you know, uh, no, give me evil all day long. Booyah. That's my... It's my number one, baby. Number two for me would be Walking the King's Road. Had a new episode come out um, about um, Masawa's chase of Stan Hansen. 
Also, Beard gets a call out at the end of the video, which is pretty cool. Um, Joseph Monticello, I believe is how you say his last name. I apologize if I'm wrong on that. If you're not watching his video essays on professional wrestling, you are sorely missing out. Um, they're extremely well done, extremely well produced, extremely informative. There's a fun feeling to them, and I wait with bated anticipation for every single episode. Um, they're just phenomenal. And if you are like I am and you love um, late 90s, early 2000s, all Japan, um, first of all, it's built around that. But second of all, he has such good insight on the King's Road style and how matches are structured and the importance of moves and finishes because there's a build where you might see something in one match and it's important and it will be called back to in another match later on, um, generally in a, in a changing format. So they're exceptional and you should take the time to watch his playlist. Yeah, uh, Walking the King's Road. He's got a number of other kind of independent video essays. The he has three one that we talked about previously with Nigel McGuinness versus uh, Daniel or Brian Danielson. That three-parter is just absolutely, yeah, chef's kiss. It's so good. Also, Inter Eddie Kingston did a, a trailer for his, 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 his channel. So yeah. I mean, what, what the fuck else do you need to hear? I also love how he intertwined um, um, Gosh, now it just ran away from me. Um, Amadeus scenes, yeah, yeah with, with that, I, man, it was, and the more you watch the, the, what he's trying to portray within the context of those three parts, the more it completely makes sense. It's yeah. just exceptional work. Yeah. Oh, my number two then, uh, my number two is, God, can't believe I'm saying this. My number two is Impact Wrestling. Uh, my dude, there's so many people. Uh, you know, the the everybody flicking off Vince McMahon picture aside. Uh, there's so many people that are getting another chance in the American scene with Impact Wrestling um, after they cleared out the garbage. And dude, that's so exciting. You know, uh, Eric Young, man, I sanity. I <laughs> how. Where did that go? That just disappeared, man. It just disappeared out from underneath him. Um, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad EC3 is getting a chance. Um, you know, I, I'm super excited to see Carl uh, Anderson, Luke Gallows. Overjoyed to see Brian Myers. Um, you know, he's been super good with, uh, with Zach Ryder, uh, Matt, um, to my brother, and, and some of the customs that, that they've uh, – they've commissioned and, and reviewed on the podcast and, and uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see people that just seem like genuinely good dudes that have done everything that's asked of them uh, and never really kind of gotten that, that push, um, you know, getting, getting an opportunity at least. Um, and I think that it's exciting to see them do that. And, and aside from some of the, the people and things and mistakes that I think have been made at impact um, impact is doing things that I'm just not seeing. Um, also, Hey, he's got kids. You got to get Heath on there, baby. Um, ripped, ripped dad. Heath Slater. Yeah, baby. 
Uh, I will say in WWE's defense, bringing him back to tie up his thing with Drew McIntyre was nice. Was, was it was and it was just very genuine because you know how much those two care for one another, um, and I think it was a nice. I wish he would have got a little more offense in that match, but I mean, I think it was a really. To me, it felt like he got to end his his WWE career the way he wanted. Yeah, which uh, can't hear a word you're saying. Can't really say the same about. Uh, can't really say the same about some of the other guys in that picture. No, not at all. So, um, so yeah, Impact Wrestling. Uh, you employ some questionable people that you knew were questionable uh, in some cases, and other cases you know, got caught off guard by the rest of them. I will say, you know, I'm very happy that they've cleared house and, um, you know, and that also let's talk about that. Talk about two guys who don't age. <laughs> I mean, and I think, wasn't Alex Shelley like on a three month layoff? Uh, probably. No ring rust on he or Saban. That was phenomenal. Yeah. It's exciting to see stuff like that, man. I mean, shit. So, I I also for for all of Impact's glaring flaws, I think they've their women's division is sick. It's so stacked. Yeah. yeah. You've got the North as well. Do you remember like four years ago when we were talking about like who do you think is what is going to be the next Factory, thing? Maybe. And I said Monster Factory. Yeah. And then uh. Alexander busted up his neck, and I was yep. like, "Dream is dead, man." He and Ethan Page finally are like back on that same train of momentum, yeah. and they look phenomenal. I think they're both better on the mic than they ever were. Yeah, they just really are a they're a great tag team. They really are. I and I would I would argue that they're top five tag team in the world right now. I, I'd have a hard time arguing with that. Um, and I have enjoyed the little Ken Shamrock, Sammy Callahan, the North thing going on. If you told me that I would enjoy that six months ago, I would have been like, nope, not at all. Yeah, Ken Shamrock also doesn't age or I don't know. He seemed mo more coherent than he did 15 years ago when he was wrestling. So Also, knows? his promos are a lot better. I mean, yeah. he just... It's like he didn't lose that intensity and instead just everything else is more well-rounded. Yeah. And I, I do, you know, Sammy Callahan has some legitimate things that I'm not a fan of, but I think when he's focused and when he's invested, he's a hard guy to not be impressed with. Um, he has got in the ring between the ropes, between bells, whew, he brings it and he's got, so much charisma, I think, which really helps. See, I would say actually Sammy Callahan was the least impressive person in that match. I would agree with that, but he, I think he brings a lot to a match like that either way. Yeah. Um, I think my third one my third one has been going through my watch list on YouTube. Um, and just watching things like, and again, we talked about it earlier, watching, we watched it and posting those videos. But being able to 
absorb and enjoy things like Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid, being able to watch the Bulldogs in Japan um, when they were at peak level and Dynamite's just a tank, and being able to appreciate that while he's everything he does looks violent everything he does looks impactful. It's not just what he does to other people, but it's every move he takes. Every time he's tossed out of the ring, every drop kick he, drop kick he takes, being able to watch him and Tiger Mask one and just the fluidity and the chemistry those two have, being able to enjoy things like um, the UWFI two-parter that was the last um, thing I reviewed with, you know, one side being John Tenta and Vader and the other Yamazaki and Gary Albright and this again peak Albright looking slim trim and dangerous um and you have UWFI of course being knockouts and submissions only and being able to see that match and you know Yamazaki being like maybe 200 pounds again in the ring with absolute behemoths just you know not wanting to tag out going at Vader's leg constantly I mean, there's so much good wrestling from that time period that it's not even that, oh, it ages well. You look at it and you say, no, this is what set the pace, the trend, and established what came after. You can watch a Tiger Mask Dynamite Kid match now from 83, and it's as good as anything you'll see anywhere. And it was 83. You can watch Joshi wrestling from that same time period. Um, I just watched a tag team match with um, the Jumping Bond Angels against Minami Toyota. And I don't even know who her tag team partner was. Toyota does things in that match that people today can't do. And you're just so good. It's just ridiculous. so at least I've been able to kind of jump in the way back machine and watch some of that and find, again, absolute joy in some of it. Um, so I'm really, I'm really happy with that. And, you know, I'm more than happy to share those things with others because I think it, oh, or watching the most bizarre tag team match with, I can't remember the one member of the tag team, it's something Oats tag teaming with wildfire tommy rich in japan against tiger mass 2 and jumbo and i'm not the biggest southern wrestling fan as far as like nwa i like a lot of it but like mid-atlantic and some of it you know tennessee stuff i'm just kind of mm. but i understand more than ever now watching tommy rich work in that match why he got a run with the nwa world title it's not because of his elbows because his elbows are shit it's because he is his face never stops emoting from chicken shit heel to aggressive to in pain. The guy he's teaming with, he doesn't emote at all. And it's real, he's not impressive. But every time somebody puts Tommy Rich in a submission hold, he's like yelling and hollering about you know anything and everything. He's pointing at people, he's you know, when he's on the apron, he's active. He just never, and maybe it's cocaine. I have no idea, but he never slows down and he makes that match. And it's crazy to watch a match with Jumbo 
and Masawa in it and say, man, Tommy Wrench was the most entertaining guy in that match. Um, so there's just so many gems out there that you can watch. Seeing, even seeing just Gaijin you never thought you'd, you didn't know wrestled in Japan and watch all the great things that they were capable of when they had great opponents. Oh, well, number three, it's tough. You know, I think that there's, you know, I actually, no, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, give a couple of shout outs because I think that sometimes it's difficult to kind of stick to your guns um, in all of this. Uh, I think that, you know, admitting, um, you know, that sometimes you go, you go for a joke and, um, you know, it doesn't intend to hit the same way that it hits is important, but also I think it's important to have people that are looking out for one another. Um, so I, you know, I'd like to say for some of the young leaders on our scene, um, JDX, uh, Airwolf, um, Kara, um, Free Range Kara, Noya, Noya no longer, um, you know, I've had some really good conversations and, and I, I really appreciate, um, you know, all of them in engaging, um, in kind of, you know, kind of positive discourse and, and challenging discourse to talk about things that are going on because, you know, my lived experience is, is so much different. Um, I'm a cisgender, heterosexual white man. Um, I, uh, I, I think that the perspective, even though I try to check myself regularly, um, you know, that, that privilege can come through, um, even when I'm, you know, not even kind of noticing it. And so I, I really want to say that I, I appreciate all of the, the people that are out there, um, speaking up and, and kind of taking inventory of, of how people are, you know, kind of asking and, and, uh, things of them and um and you know kind of offering perspective to actually engage in a conversation rather than just you know using social media for what's oftentimes you know kind of misused for so um in in you know kind of in light of wanting to kind of have a positive second half to this uh you know i i just like to say thanks to to them for for keeping me um, you know, engaged and, and, uh, and engaging, you know, in conversation and, 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 you know, listening to my perspective and, and, uh, you know, um, and, uh, you know, sharing there. So, um, you know, for everybody out there that's, that's doing the best that they can. Um, and for those that are, you know, engaging, uh, where they know that there's common ground, if they're in common ground, feel free to move on. I know, I knew, I know that we've had to with, with some people. Um, but, um, you know, thanks, thanks for, for letting us be a part of all of this and, and, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. That's my number three. It made me very, uh, very proud to, to see these people be, you know, leaders in locker rooms at such a, you know, um, early stage in, in their career and their lives and, and be, you know, so cognizant of, of everything that's going around so yeah and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to them uh you know soon here in a couple of weeks so 
we'll be uh, we'll be filling you in on the schedule. We've got some really fun interviews coming up. Um, some some you know roundtables, some other things we've tried before, and uh, maybe we could talk about uh, some of some of those ideas of new ways we can engage with the wrestling community while we're all on this hiatus of sorts um, next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, so for Heel Turn Radio, I'm the Beard, and I'm Sprite Pepsi, and I'm abstinence till I die. All right. I'm your King Ginger. We'll see you next week. Probably. Yeah. It's been a while since I could.